2: The 344th edition of the Four Corners Podcast starts right now.
0: This is the Four Corners Podcast.
1: I'm the luckiest guy in the world, I've said that, to be in Chapel Hill, to be at the University of North Carolina. We win 54 to 53, North Carolina did it, North Carolina wins the championship. With 20 seconds left to play, goes back to Michael Jordan, jumper from out on the left, Go no way to worthy, worthy five. The Tar Heels are
0: going
2: to win the national championship. Weber front court, Carolina. With foul, he takes the timeout. Technical They're out foul. of timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul on Michigan. They're out of timeout. Front court.
0: Williams on the drive. Gets it back out to
1: head. Long outside shot. Short rebounded. May. It's over. And how about them Tar Heels, they are the national champion. I've been the luckiest coach in the world. Pump fake for three, too strong on the shot, that's it! The Tar Heels are the national dadgum champions! Carolina has been tested and tried and been proven successful through all the years. And the way that we will play will be the Carolina way. My love for North Carolina. I mean, I love this school. I love these fans. And I love everything about it. And I would I would die for this school. I really
0: would. Here are your hosts, Josh Marlowe and Anthony Pagnata.
2: Hello and welcome into another live edition of the Four Corners podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony back with you guys this evening. Um a little over, you know, a little under two hours removed from Carolina's fifty-four. 54-44 win at go. Virginia, and we're here to talk about it um, as Carolina ends a historic losing streak, moves themselves back into first place in the ACC behind a great defensive effort, timely uh, plays made by their veterans, and it all culminated in a big win this afternoon. Um and so we'll do what we always do when we recap a game. We'll take a look at the box score. You'll hear two quotes from head coach Huber Davis. And then we'll get, you know, we'll break down the game, discuss the game, all that, and a whole bunch more. As you can see, uh, Anthony is actually on site at his job working. Double um, duty, but, baby. But when our Carolina. Job.
0: What are you talking about? It's our job. When no, I don't yeah. know,
2: when, when Carolina wins. Sometimes work has to uh, share the spotlight to talk about a big win, and that's exactly what happened this afternoon. As I mentioned, Carolina earns a 54-44 to 44 win, um, and that snapped an eight-game losing streak at Virginia. It was the longest such losing streak in a certain venue um, in the history of the program. It surpassed seven straight losses at Duke, in the mid-1950s. And this has been one that's gotten pretty personal uh, with your host here. Um, I I hate Virginia. I despise Tony Bennett. Um, I wanted this one, and I've wanted this streak to end for quite some time. It also happens on the same day that Duke lost at Wake Forest, um, and now Carolina has a full game lead over the Blue Devils with four to play. Of course, both teams will... Uh, see each other the final weekend of the regular season. I mentioned the fifty-four points that were scored. Um, that was the same number that Carolina scored their last win at Virginia when they beat the Wahoos fifty-four to fifty-two back in two thousand and twelve. Um, and this is a game that I, I think I it's, it's I'm comfortable saying that carolina controlled from the opening tip they built a 9 to 4 lead at the first media timeout and that that really sustained itself the rest of the way carolina would lead 26 to 16 at the half there was a stretch where virginia was one of 18 and made one field goal in a 13 minute stretch um you know as they would shoot just 28% from the field for the game 14% from behind the three point line they would threaten in the second half, as you expect they would. They got it to I think as little as five, maybe four, um, but they were never able to complete the comeback, and thus Carolina ends a it ends the losing streak, picks up a win on the road, and they find themselves back in first place with two weeks left to go in the regular season.
0: Yeah, it was a gritty win. It was uh, you know kind of what I think we all expected. Like we thought this was going to be what a win in this game looked like you know we were hoping that maybe Carolina's offense would find a little bit of a rhythm at some point but this is what Virginia does to you and I I think that's the thing that you have to remember because it wasn't a great offensive performance by any stretch um it's definitely one that you know if you're if you're looking at this and probably just about any other game in ACC play there might be some concerns but because of how Virginia plays you knew that there were going to be times where it would be tough on you to score the basketball R.J. Davis did not have his best day. Armando Baycott didn't have his most productive day, and yet you still found a way to win this game because of what you did on the defensive end of the floor. I thought Carolina was absolutely outstanding on the defensive end of the floor. You couldn't have really asked for much more from them when it came to that area because, I mean, let's be honest. You know, This team had not been playing the way that they were playing early on in conference play, and I think now – you know this this is a team that you're hoping hits their stride after that mi- that dip in the middle of the season where they weren't defending at the highest of levels. I think they've got a chance to do that. Um and I think today might be the start of it. I know Virginia's not a great team offensively. I said that to you when we were watching the game that they really just are not that great of a team when it comes to actually knocking down shots. They've really struggled there throughout the year and especially at this point of the season, but I thought today Carolina just did a really good job competing on that end of the floor. They contested just about every shot, especially inside. I said this on Twitter after the game. I think defensively as a team, you played great, but you, I mean, where you really shined were the bigs. That that was massive. Those, those bigs inside did such a great job protecting the rim. They deserve a ton of credit for that, and uh, it feels good to to leave with a win and you know to do it in the fashion that you did where you kind of controlled the game throughout
2: look i said in the preview that for the first time carolina is built to win the game in the mud and they're will they're built to win 60-55 55-50 today it's 54 to 44 um because and look carolina tried to speed the game up mm-hmm. there's just no speeding up virginia they 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 do as great a job as any team, maybe in all of sports, at making you play the way that they want to play, because they're that well coached, they're that fundamentally sound. But Carolina got seven fast break points, and, and after having four in the last three games combined, and so if that number is not large. It's not. It's not going to blow you away, but it is significant against Virginia. And those easy buckets are what allow you um, to, to win a game like they won today on the road. And so you really got to credit them for realizing that, yeah, you're going to hold them to a 1 of 18 stretch. You're not going to put the game away. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show because that is frustrating. But, um, you know, you look at this from top to bottom. You know, I thought Carolina played as as, as a completed game as they've played on the road, with you know the environment, with the circumstances around the game, and just knowing that, um, like we thought, if the game got into the mid to the mid to high 60s, low 70s, that would lend to a Carolina victory. But as I mentioned, they could win the game in the in the 50s, and that's exactly what they did today. Let's take a look at the box score. Um, Carolina shot just 32% from the field. They were 16 of 50. But on the flip side, they held Virginia to just 28% shooting. They were 16 of 58. Carolina was 7 of 22 from three. Um, That's 32%. Meanwhile, Virginia, they were 2 of 14, just 14% from behind the three-point line. Free throws. Carolina was 15 of 19 um, from the foul line, which is a pretty big number against Virginia. That was 79. Uh, percent Meanwhile, the Virginia just 10 of 15 from the free throw line. That five point or that five point differential uh, definitely played a role and played a factor in today's outcome. Carolina, we talked about it going into the game. You have to value possessions. You got to limit your turnovers. Carolina with just 10 turnovers today which led to 11 points for Virginia. On the flip side, six Virginia turnovers. That led to seven points for Carolina. The rebounding Carolina had a major advantage going into the game, um, and they didn't dominate the glass, but they did win the rebounding margin. 43 to 39, 34 to 28 on the defensive glass. They did get out-rebounded 11 to 9 on the offensive glass. Both teams with, uh, with 10 second-chance points. Carolina's bench did it. out get outscored ten to three, but we'll talk about the bench here in a in a little bit because Carolina doesn't win the game without the play of their reserves. Twenty two to eighteen points in the paint went Virginia's way. I mentioned those seven fast break points in the first half. Carolina ultimately won that category eight to three. Um, the blocks, both teams, you know, contested shots very well, but ten blocks for Carolina, seven for Virginia. Ultimately, Carolina assisted on 11 of their 16 made baskets. On the flip side, Virginia assisted on five of their 16 made baskets. So um, with that, we'll now transition to the quote of the game. We got two of them for Huber Davis. Um, He spoke with Jones Angel uh, on the Tar Heel Sports Network after the win, and the first thing he said was, we found a way to win a game on the road.
1: That is what was required. You know, one of the things leading up to this game was, you know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes on the defensive end to get a stop, get a rebound, defend without fouling, get through screens, whatever it takes on the offensive end to get an open shot, to get to the free throw line, to dominate points in the paint, to execute. It's just whatever it takes. And um, that's what the guys did. I'm so proud of them to come in this environment against one of the better teams in the country and to be able to play the way that they did and come away with the win. I I just I'm just so happy for them. I'm just so happy for them in this program and um, that's just a huge win for us.
2: Whatever it takes. Um, That feels like as many times as he said that in that quote there, that was probably said a lot in practice. And guess what? When you uh, got two weeks left to go in the regular season, and at the time you were tied for first place in the ACC and you're wanting to win a regular season title, maybe put yourself in a position to be a one-seed in the Subway tournament. It's whatever it takes time. And I thought Carolina played with a, a sense of urgency and a level of desperation that we haven't seen outside of the Duke game. And the Duke game brings it out in you naturally because it's the greatest rivalry in sports. The challenge is is getting to that same level of emotion um, in other games, and Carolina hasn't since that game. There was a play, I believe it was in, the might have been the first or the second half, where Carolina had turned the ball over, um, and Virginia had a chance to pick it up and, and run it down the other end for a layup. And Harrison Ingram dives a significant 10 to 15 feet across the floor, to simply to just knock the ball away. Didn't do, you know, didn't turn the ball back over. Didn't give Carolina possession of the basketball. Didn't do anything other than just give Carolina a chance to set its defense in the half court. And Corey Alexander even pointed it out. Because that's where we're at. That's the time of the year it is. And we've seen this team be willing to, sacrifice their body. We've seen this team be willing to do a lot of great things individually and collectively. I thought that was a sign of Carolina knew what was at stake. They knew what was on the line, and they rose to the occasion. They met the moment, and that's a big reason why they won the game because they did simply whatever it took to make sure they scored more points than Virginia did this afternoon?
0: Well, yeah, it's the mindset of where you're at in the season, but it's also the mindset that you have to take when you haven't won in a place in 12 years. So I think that was that was the other area was kind of being drilled into these guys that, hey, do whatever it takes to win because this program has not won here in 12 years. It's, it's very hard to do that. So if you make mistakes, and I said that when we were previewing the game, if you make mistakes in this game, you have to be able – to stay calm and find a way to not allow them to compound themselves. Cause when they do, that's when you start to get into some trouble. So, and I thought throughout the day, Carolina did a great job of that. Um, you know, another possession that sticks out to me, I, this one was in the second half um, Carolina. Uh, I think it was either that they turned it over or it was just a bad shot. Carolina misses on one end of the floor. RJ Davis, comes down, steals the ball away from Virginia at the top of the key and creates another possession for Carolina. That that was what you saw multiple times today, was there were chances for Virginia to be able to put together some sort of run for themselves, especially in that second half when things weren't falling for you on the offensive end of the floor and you never let it happen. Um, so th- this was a team that just – they had the right mindset going into this game of, look, it is going to be ugly. We know that. But – All you have to do is make the important plays. And you saw it as the game got later and later, the offensive rebounds, one possession where Carolina had four offensive rebounds on it. They end up going to the free throw line, Armando Baycott does, um, and ends up turning that into a positive possession after there were multiple chances for that to – be a bad shot that eventually turns into uh, you know Virginia getting the ball going the other way. It's just those little things that Carolina had to do today against this Virginia team, and they were finally able to do it in their place. Um, I I don't think that can be understated because people are going to try to undersell this win. I'm telling you right now, especially with Virginia being a team that now is probably going to be seen as a team that's you know, in maybe maybe comfortably in the tournament, but they're going to be the second four in, or they're going to be in the last uh, four in the tournament field here before too long because of the way they're playing offensively. Um, but th- for for this team, th- this was this was a massive win because th- they they knew Virginia was going to throw a lot of different things at them, and they found a way to take care of everything they needed to.
2: And look, there's no lessening this win, no matter. Local, national, rivalry media, you, you, you went on the road against a team that's going to finish top four in the league, that's going to have a double bye in the HC tournament, that is a NCAA tournament team, and has beating you eight straight times in their building, and you beat them by double digits. And so you can try as hard as you want. You can't lessen what Carolina did and um, how important this is. This, from a confidence standpoint, is going to do wonders because now you're you're seven and two on the road this season, in a in a year where top ten teams go on the road and they lose left and right. And Carolina has been ridiculed for losing at Georgia Tech and losing at Syracuse when other teams and other power conferences have similar type losses. Um, but yet, you know, Carolina is seven and two on the road. They don't win pretty. But it's not about pretty. It's it's about winning. Um, and ultimately, um, if you're a Carolina fan and you're not excited about what this team did today, I don't know what to tell you because this has been as excited as I've been after a win outside of the Duke win. That's how that's how big this is. Mm-hmm. This game means something. Um, you could hear it when Hubert Davis was talking about it uh, when he mentioned that he'd never won at Virginia since he came back. Once he joined the the coaching staff and for a guy that was an assistant for nine years and a head coach for three, that's a hard pill to swallow. Speaking of Huber Davis, another piece of sound I want to play for you guys. If you listen to the press conference takeaways podcast yesterday, we played sound of him talking about um, them spending the week working on themselves and getting better defensively. And he talked about how we thought the week off really helped them get back to playing defense the way we grew accustomed them playing it back in January
1: thought, you know, it, we talked about having that week off, and I really think what helped us was we, we got a chance to work on us defensively, you know, and just in terms of tightening the screws that has a, have allowed us for a large part um, of the season being just a really good d- defensive team. I thought defensively we were tied together today. I mean, uh, we were really good. We were talking. Um, our communication was great. And um, I just... I just thought our defensive effort was really good and that week off gave us an opportunity to improve and, and tighten some things that we needed to and, and we were able to come away with the win.
2: The one thing I think you've gotta love about about Hubert Davis, and this is what makes great coaches great, he's not satisfied with where his team uh well what this team has done when, and how they've gotten there. Because for him to spend you know, a third of his press conference yesterday talking about we need to get better defensively. We need to get better at rebounding. When they're the best rebounding team in the league, they're arguably the second best defensive team in the league behind the team they play today. Um, shows you that he's got the the the, the makings of what's, what's going to make him great. Because the, the the coach Smith is the coach Williams, the, the you know the, the Dan Hurleys. Those guys, those guys are never satisfied. And Huber Davis is not satisfied. And, um, you know, we talked so much about the week off being important for this team's legs uh, because they had gotten tired, and that was a big part of it. But also, when you were playing as consistently as Carolina was playing, you're kind of in NBA mode where you're not really practicing. You're basically going through walkthroughs, shoot-arounds, and you're preparing for the opponent. And that's why some of the fundamentals have been laxed because you weren't able to to drill them for two and a half hours on the fundamentals and make them run if they screw them up. And now you had a week off to really do that. And I don't think it's an accident that after a week off, Carolina commits just 10 turnovers. They don't uh, put the opponent on the foul line as frequently as they had been in recent games. And they win the rebounding margin all three of uh, objects led to them and helped them get a big win today at, at Virginia. Yeah, I mean, I said it when we were talking about this game that I thought
0: the week off would probably help them on the defensive end of the floor because they, they were not playing the way that they did early in conference play. Um, like overall, or could they be the second-best defensive team in this conference? Yes. Uh, what we had seen from them in the previous six games – No, they were not. They they were not the second best defensive team in the conference. They they had definitely, you know, teams had exposed them a little bit. Um, You know, I thought the game against Virginia Tech. I know people were still complaining about that, but I think a lot of that had to do with Armando Baycott's foul trouble Mm -hmm. was the reason why Carolina wasn't able to defend the way they wanted to in that game. But yeah, I mean, it, it looked at times like early in the season. Uh, especially you know, the way that teams were able to screen Carolina. And a big part of it, he pointed it out right there. And I, I thought this I, – I posted this on Twitter after the first half. I thought that this team defensively was not communicating the way that they were during that start to conference play. It seemed like for some reason that had sort of disappeared. And it's why when Carolina was switching as much as they were, teams were able to get good looks from the perimeter on Carolina. In this game, you, you you didn't see that. Carolina's guards did a great job of switching. And then when they would get beat off the bounce, their bigs were inside protecting at uh, as high a level as we've seen them protect the rim um, really since the, that stretch to start conference play. I, I thought you know Armando Baycott was fantastic when he was on the floor. Um, he he looked like the guy that we've seen for most of the year defending inside that just doesn't get enough credit. But the guy that you really have to point to was Jalen Washington in that first half because we've seen it at times this year. And mm-hmm. people could say we're just trying to go after the players. We're trying, you know, that that we're not really watching the games the correct way. If if you don't watch Jalen Washington inside and realize that he has to improve because he gets pushed around at times, then. I just I don't know what to tell you, but today was a step in the right direction. That's what you want to see from him. And this is a team that lacks the size inside that some of the other teams that Carolina uh, is going to play down the stretch of the season and, of course, into the NCAA tournament do. But I really thought today was an outstanding performance from him. He contested just about everything that went to the rim. He did a great job of going straight up, and I, I thought even in the air – You know, there's times where some of the big guys that go up against him in the air are able to sort of push him back. You didn't see that today. He did a tremendous job. He deserves a ton of credit. And, I I mean, I, I think if Carolina can defend this way down the stretch of the season... I, it, look, they're not going to hold every opponent to 44 points. There's there's not going to be many games that you're going to run into where the possessions are going to be this low where that's going to be feasible. But if Carolina can show this type of commitment on that end, can communicate the way that they did today, that that could be the difference. You know, with Carolina getting back to being the defensive team, uh, that I feel like they probably have to be if they're going to win an actual championship.
2: Stat of the game, I went uh, three-point shooting. Um, Carolina shot just 32% from behind the three-point line, but they made seven threes. Meanwhile, Virginia just 14%, two of 14 from three. Those perimeter makes carried Carolina in the first half and really allowed them to build a cushion that they would uh, never relinquish. Furthermore, um, you know, I, I, was, I had this in the opening notes, didn't get to it. Carolina has now won 13 straight games and they've allowed fewer than 70 points. No, 21 straight games, when they allow fewer than 70 points and 21 straight when they give up fewer than 60. So uh, when you see them play defense at a, you know, at that level, that's championship caliber you see the results lend towards wins for Carolina, and they got one of those earlier today. Well, we've set the scene. We've given you our our initial thoughts, initial takeaways from Carolina's win at Virginia, which snapped a historic losing streak and put the heels back in first place. Coming up next, we'll give you more thoughts, more takeaways, and get into our discussion topics. But first, Anthony has to tell you about Autograph. Yes, I do. And guys, do you want to get rewarded for
0: listening to our show or reading our articles? Well, the team at Autograph, co-founded by Tom Brady, has a way that you can do just that. And it's by earning points for the acts of fandom that you take every day, like listening to the show or reading those articles. The Autograph Fandom app gives you access to your favorite UNC content all in one place and offers you rewards like tickets, exclusive merchandise, and more. I told you guys in the last edition of the podcast about how they sent some fans to the game against Virginia Tech. Well, they're wanting to do the same thing for the games against NC State and Duke. So make sure to keep an eye on our social media accounts for that when that comes out. Uh, And that's why you want to get the Autograph Fandom Rewarded app. So what you got to do is head over to the Apple App Store and search for Autograph Fandom Rewarded. Download it for free today using the referral code HEELTOUGH. That's heel tough, uh all one word. And uh, you can also find the link and code will be in our podcast description as well if you guys want to check that out. So great opportunity there through Autograph for you guys to add to your fandom.
2: Welcome back uh, inside the another live edition of the show, guys. Did want to go over a few comments that we're seeing in the chat here. Uh, Andrew Blate says, do you all think this is the most important win to date with Duke losing? We'll actually talk about that when we get to our discussion topic because I do hmm. think um, this is a, a, a pretty big win um, for Carolina. Thomas Ray uh, says, Bacon has to protect himself against those early cheap fouls. I hear you. Um. Also, get better officiating because um, the 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 second one clearly wasn't a foul. I don't understand how the,
0: fir- it's, the it's first possible. one was. The first one was horrible. I yeah. I thought the first one was even worse than the second one. To be
2: honest with you, I, I didn't. He was going for a rebound and gets called for a foul. Like. I mean, I well, that's I that's part of it. That's going to happen in basketball. I don't understand how we now reward players for tripping over their own two feet um, and calling a foul on the defensive player. Nonetheless, though, when you get the minutes and the production from Jalen Washington, all of that be, kind of becomes minuscule because it ultimately didn't impact the outcome of the game. So um, with that, back into our, our thoughts and takeaways from the win against Virginia. The first thing I have written down is the defense and the rebounding propel Carolina to the victory. And uh, you know, we kind of talked about it after that that Hubert quote about using the week off to get back to where Carolina uh, wanted to get defensively. Um, you hold a team to one of 18 stretch shooting in their home gym. A game after where they got blasted by 30 on the road at their arch rival. Uh, wasn't, it wasn't as impressive because you. I think we all expected Virginia to respond because um, that's who they are. That's what they've been under Tony Bennett is when they get punched in the mouth, um, they're tough enough to, to respond. And that wasn't the case this afternoon. Um, you know, they made, I think, their first two shots of the game. There was two of their first three. Then after that, they were like Anthony and I on the dating apps. They were cold and they had uh, – wow. They had nothing working for them, and so, um, and you combine that with the rebounding. Forty-three to thirty-nine isn't overwhelming, but you look at the the final four minutes when Carrot when Virginia crept back into the game. It was forty-seven, forty-two, with two twenty-seven left to play. That um, very much, you know, wasn't uh, all, but a certain Carolina was going to win. You get a big offensive rebound from Baycott that leads to an Harrison-Ingram layup that makes it 49-42. to And then a sequence later where Ingram misses a free throw, go figure, because he's a 57% foul shooter, and Armando Baycott goes in between three Virginia Cavaliers and gets the ball. And, you know, the the number isn't overwhelming. They didn't dominate them the way I think that we expected them to But every time Carolina needed to get a stop, needed to get a rebound, they got it. And that's the hallmark of a championship-caliber team. And um, I've been saying all year long, I think Carolina is capable of that. And they look like one this afternoon. Well, I mentioned the the sequence. I mean, you mentioned the one where Harrison Ingram
0: ends up scoring off of it. But I mentioned the, the big one for Carolina where they had three offensive rebounds in one sequence, creating four possessions on one end. Uh, one trip down the floor, um, and that was really the difference. I mean, you look at you know the offensive glass. I mean, defensively, and I thought they did they did all right on the defensive glass. I did think I know there's few points that Corey Alexander makes that are actually good. But one of the things that he brought up, and he may have actually, I might be giving too much credit to Corey Alexander. It may have been something that Hubert Davis brought up with them, was the defensive rebounding is the area that is concerning at times for Carolina. And you saw it again at certain periods of the game today where Virginia was able to get offensive rebounds, key, you know, get themselves second chance opportunities, but down the stretch, as you mentioned, Carolina got the rebounds on both ends of the floor. I mean, to have seven offensive rebounds in the second half. I mean, that is huge for this team. It created so many extra opportunities against the Virginia team that, If you can do that, consider yourself very lucky. And I I thought that was ultimately the difference in the game. So, yeah, defensively, Carolina did such a great job um, on that end of the floor, contesting everything and staying in front of guys the way that they should be. But rebounding is another big reason why Carolina ends up getting out of here with the win, and I think it's why Hubert Davis was stressing this so much with his team. Now, look, that's important to Carolina winning every game, but winning a game against Virginia especially, those two things are heightened. You have to be really good in both of those areas, and I thought Carolina was uh, for the most part today in both of those areas, and, and yeah, a ton of credit needs to be given. I mean, Harrison Ingram, again, double-figure uh, rebounds in this game uh, with 10, eight Defensive rebounds were huge, and Armando Baycott with 13 rebounds has the type of game that we expected him to have. But five offensive rebounds really stick out for him. So the guys that you needed to showed up on that end of the floor. I think some of us may have thought it would be a little more dominant than it was, but in the end. You got the rebounds that you needed to, which is what's most important.
2: Yeah, uh, Antoine Ray commented saying, I don't think this Virginia team is like the Virginia teams have passed. They literally depend on Reese Beekman and Isaac McNeely to do the bulk of their scoring. And he's, he's not wrong. Um, you know, the, the thing about the way that Tony Bennett plays is, A, that's, that's how they have to play. Um, this isn't Virginia from the 80s where they were – a national program, and they were getting elite talent in the program. Even with them winning a national championship with their style of play, they're not going to attract elite recruits. They're not going to attract elite transfers. But in that stretch where Bennett established his program and then eventually took him to the national title, they had NBA-caliber players. Like you had a Joe Harris who's been in the NBA for a decade, that title team. Ty Jerome, NBA guy, uh, Kyle guy, has had a you know lengthy career, you know overseas. The Andre Hunter's been a big part of what the Hawks have done when the Hawks have won games. They don't have that right now. Like Beekman and Ryan Dunn might be NBA players because they could be three and D guys, but they're not NBA talent in terms of their offensive game. And so the the, the court is uh, compressed. And I thought I thought Carolina did a really good job not allowing either one of them to, to get comfortable the way Carolina just contested every shot. Those guys took Mm -hmm. was, it was impressive because they did it without fouling and there was never a shot that they took where they felt comfortable. They never took a shot that got them in rhythm. Um, And it just really looked like what we saw from Carolina, Back really those first three ACC road wins when they won at Pitt, at Clemson, and at NC State that uh, uh, would have basically established them as the team to beat in the ACC. Second takeaway, um, you know, we, you got to see how long stuff lasts. Three's a streak. Um, Cormac Ryan's arrived. He entered today eight of sixteen from three in his last two games. He went six of eleven today, so he has stayed hot. Quite literally, Carolina doesn't win the game without his six made threes. Um, That was all six of his made baskets. He led the team in scoring. And this has been a guy that I've probably been the most critical of from the start of the season to where we are now. Um, Despite him still competing his butt off, still defending, still leading, still doing all the things that makes Huber Davis rave about him as he did yesterday in his press conference. But I knew deep down he needs to score for this team to get where we want to get to. And it's not a coincidence that Carolina has looked a little bit better on the road and um, they're 2-1 in their last three games – With him playing the way he's played, where in the last three games he scored a combined fifty-two points and is fourteen of twenty-seven from behind the three-point line, he carried Carolina's offense in the first half. You know, competed defensively in the second half, and uh, you know it may have taken almost four months for the Cormac Ryan we thought to arrive to arrive, but it couldn't have come for a better time. Couldn't have come at a better time for Carolina. Yeah, I mean, look, the
0: Carolina, you know, who knows where this game actually ends up if he's not on this team. So, for all the people that wanted him kicked off the team um, after, you know, some struggles that he had during that dip for people that wanted him out of the starting lineup, I'd like to see where those people are at now. There's a reason why this guy was playing. And one of the things that we talked about so much when we talked about his struggles was that the way that he shoots the ball there was never a problem with that the form was there the you know the decision making of when to take certain shots was there it was just that shots weren't falling and i mean look he had moments where he was forcing things a little bit but we've seen that with just about everybody in the backcourt at this point this season so i thought today you know first half I mean, he wasn't the same guy in the second half but when you hit five threes in the first half and you score 15 of the team's 26 points you deserve as much credit as anybody for this win. And I think the thing is, is even in the second half, when he didn't score the ball at nearly as high of a level, he knew that the ball didn't need to be in his hands. He did a good job of sharing the basketball. And most importantly, he stayed engaged on the defensive end of the floor. And that's the thing that you really want to see from these guys is when you're not getting the basketball when other guys are you know trying to create their offense or 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 are um, to the extent that we saw at times from Carolina I mean you saw RJ Davis I mean look did not shoot well at all from the field there's no doubt about that but still in the second half he did a good job of driving the lane and getting to the foul line that's why he was able to score the way that he was Armando Baycott eight points in the second half they started looking for him a little bit more so That was where things were a little bit different, where Cormac didn't have to be the guy. But, yeah, he he really set the tone for Carolina today. And I think the thing with him is, is, yeah, I know that some people are probably a little bit hesitant to say that he has hit his stride. But the important thing to remember is that the game where everything started getting on track for him was in that game against Syracuse. And I said after that game – The most important thing that happened for him was probably the fact that he didn't get hurt because any other time that we've seen him this season have a good shooting game, it always seems to come with him getting his ankle rolled up on. Well, that didn't happen in that game, and what's happened since? This is now three straight games of production. So I think for the first time this year, he's actually, I I mean, I would say fully healthy, but I don't even know if he's that, considering he's rolled those ankles as many times as he has. But he's definitely gotten himself in a little bit of a rhythm and didn't have something that sort of distracted that. So I think you're hoping that this can sort of continue, especially that if he can continue to give you this type of A performance from the outside with R.J. starting to settle down a little bit from out there. Um, Elliot Cadeau still being a guy that just, uh, you know, from time to time may be able to knock one down for you. But for the most part, if he's taking shots from the outside, they're not going down. And, I mean, Harrison Ingram is just not a guy that's looking for his three-point shot right now. So it's got to be Cormac Ryan. And, man, it was huge today.
2: Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know you, you mentioned RJ rough shooting day, uh, one of fourteen from the field. Uh, his his uh, school record of consecutive games with uh, multiple made threes came to an end. But we talked about going in, and I talked about man, I love I love being old. I don't love getting old individually, but as a as a sports fan, I love having an older team. And you know, he got to the foul line ten times, made winning plays. Armando Baycott, eight second half points, was a monster on the glass, made winning plays. Cormac Ryan makes six three pointers on the road, makes winning plays. Harrison Ingram, not a, didn't impact the game offensively, grabs 10 rebounds. Like in a, in a, in a day and time where the, the game is changing, um, you know, I think the portal is making it cooler to get older and stay older and it's a way to do it. And I thought Carolina's experience showed up. Um, and it was a big reason why they won this game today. Another reason why they won is the bench. And you look at the box score, you're going to see a combined three points from the four guys, five guys off the bench that played, but you got six rebounds from Jalen Washington, five rebounds from Jalen Withers. Two rebounds from Seth Trimble. So 13 bench rebounds on your way to out-rebounding Virginia. And like Jalen Washington did last year, remember last year at Virginia, Armando leaves the game with an injury, and Jalen Washington played out of his mind in that first half. And before just getting exposed in the second half, as you would expect a true freshman on the road would. But in this game, man, Carolyn doesn't win the game if he doesn't impact the game the way he did because they didn't see a loss or a dip in production. He still rebounded. He still defended. He still provided a presence on the offensive side uh, with his ability to get position on the low block. He still did all the things that you want and and what you expect to get from Armando Baycott. And then Jalen Withers – a guy who's having a roller coaster season. He's played really, really well. Played really, really bad. Uh, was you know semi benched, if you will, um, after the Duke win um, for for reasons that probably led to him being late or, or, or partying too much after that win over Duke. But he was absolutely phenomenal today. Defended his rear end off and got to the glass and impacted the game. And you had three of your bench guys play double digit minutes. So even though they weren't scoring, you could afford to play them because you weren't getting the results you've gotten before the week off. Before the bye, Carolina, when they went to their bench, it was noticeable that Carolina couldn't play without, with their reserves outside of Seth Trimble. And that wasn't the case today. And even though Virginia's bench may have scored more points – I thought Carolina's bench impacted the game more, more than more than they did, uh, and it's a big reason why they came away with the victory.
0: Yeah, I mean, look with Jalen Washington, I think the biggest thing was, yeah, the rebounding was there. But when you have four blocks and you do it only in twelve minutes of play, that is, I mean, that is high level production on the defensive end of the floor. And that was the thing that I think he did best was he went up confident. He was able to, you know, affect just about every shot that was going to the rim during that time span, and that was the thing. There's times where when Armando Baycock goes out of the game, you get worried. And again, against a bigger team inside, a more physical team, it might have been a little bit different. But Washington took advantage and did a great job of rotating over. It just, at times – Even on the defensive end of the floor, he just doesn't look confident. And I thought today he did. He entered this game, and maybe it does go back to last year's game. I have no idea. That's certainly possible. But it just looked like he was a guy that felt like I can affect this game. I'm in this game for a reason because I can help my team. And it really showed. With Jalen Withers, the rebounding is the key to Jalen Withers because – He's not a guy that's going to really affect the game offensively. I know he did when he was back at Louisville, but it was because there was simply nobody else and he was a starter. For Carolina, his role, what they need him to be, is a guy that defends at a high level, which I thought he did that today, and a guy that rebounds at a high level when he's on the floor. And to have five rebounds in 12 minutes is really, really good. And with Seth Trimble, we know the value that he brings to the table. He's just a guy that does a great job on the defensive end of the floor. Today was no different. He he gave Carolina exactly what they needed in that backcourt. And the most telling thing is, if you question the impact that these guys had off the bench because they didn't score, look at the plus-minus when these guys were on the floor. Jalen Washington was the lowest at plus-seven. Uh, Seth Trimble plus-ten. Jalen Withers, plus 11. When you are having that type of effect on the game coming off the bench, that gives you an extremely impactful group that you can have. The other two guys for Carolina that came off the bench, James Okonkwo and Paxson Wojcik, they were not that effective. And I, I, I think this is something that has to be pointed out. I think Hubert Davis did a great job to realize – we got to get these guys off the floor because this is hurting us. It was late in that first half; it sort of allowed Virginia to gain a little bit of confidence there. And he immediately said, "Look, I got to go back to Jalen Washington, and I have to put somebody else on the floor for Pax and Wojcik." These, you know, those are guys that we've seen at times this year. They play hard, but they just weren't where they needed to be. I mean, James Okonkwo picked up two quick fouls. You needed to get those guys out, so great job by Hubert Davis in that moment to adjust and go back to the guys off the bench that he knew he
2: could trust. Let's now get to – we got two discussion topics, and we're we're running late here, so let's get to them quickly. Um, As great as Carolina played, and then they they played great in terms of what this game is and what playing great looks like, um, they never put the game away. And when you hold a team to one field goal in 13 minutes, you probably expect to be up more than 21 to eight and probably expect to be up more than 26 to 16 at halftime. You expect with the way that you played in the second half to not find yourself in a 47-42 game with two and a half minutes left to go. But that was the reality of today. That was exactly what happened, is Carolina never officially uh, put put Virginia away. My question is, is how concerning is that? Because I think like on the surface in the game, I'm sitting there and I'm baffled at the fact that this game isn't out of hand, this game isn't out of reach. But when you step away from the emotion of the game, I look at it and say, Virginia doesn't get blown out very often. That's why what happened on Monday was just so surprising is because even when they have off nights, they're still there. They had an off night tonight, and and as well as Carolina competed and did things well offensively, you're just not going to run them out of the water, especially back-to-back games. And so I don't know how concerning it is, but – I think it is something that many Carolina fans were probably going through and wondering because we haven't been the greatest at closing teams out and closing games out. And had Carolina lost this game, it would have been a hard pill to swallow considering you had controlled and dominated from the opening tip.
0: Well, there you go. That's the, you, you said it right there at the end. The reason why some people are concerned is because it's been the majority of the season that Carolina hasn't been able to do that. And if that's the reason why you're a little bit concerned about this – then okay, you're you're somewhat justified in that, but I would caution you to look at the fact that this Virginia team, as you as you mentioned, they don't get blown out often, and they also that game was on the road. They do not get blown out at home. It just it doesn't happen. They are one of the most dominant teams in college basketball in their home arena. So for Carolina, from from my perspective, I get it, and yeah, it was frustrating because it felt like there were opportunities there. That when the game got close late, it was there were there was a moment where you said to yourself, when Minor was at the foul line, really this has a chance to be a one possession game when we could have found a way to probably extend the lead and maybe not fully put the game away, but at least be in a mo- a more comfortable position. But then you have to remember that not only did you have the fact that Virginia is as good as at home as they are, well. It's also the fact that they're as good at home against you as they are. Um, So, I mean, I'm not reading that much into it. Uh, I also just think at this point, this is kind of what this team is. Could it come back to bite them in the NCAA tournament? Oh, it certainly could. But um, the thing is, is I I just (laughs) – I think, I think they've shown us that this is who they are, and they just have to figure out how to win close games down the stretch. You'd like to be able to put opponents away, but again, it goes back to that mindset that Hubert Davis talked about in the press conference. All you have to do, or that was with Jones Angel, but he probably mentioned it in the press conference as well. What you have to do at this point in the season is just find ways to win, whatever it takes to win games. And that's the mindset that this Carolina team has to take. If you get the opportunity to put teams away, down the stretch of the year, you have to do it because Virginia. There's not going to be t- teams like Virginia that are, are going to be as bad offensively uh, at times as they are. But I think for today, it's it's one where you can kind of say, "Hey, this is who Virginia is." You knew they were going to fight hard to try to get themselves back in the game and not lose back to back. But uh, I, I I don't I'm not really super concerned about it off of this game.
2: The last thing I want to talk about is we, I mean, the talk going into the game, and it's been this way since it became a streak is, is Carolina going to end the streak? How long is this going to continue? And I kind of prefaced yesterday when I said Hubert hasn't been here long enough for this to really be his problem. This was something that started in the Roy Williams era and carried over into him becoming the head coach, but you end the streak. On a day where Duke loses, so now you've now got a full game lead again in the ACC. Uh, We talked about how this result was really going to determine Carolina's path to an ACC regular season title. Your next three games are at home against inferior opponents where you should win them all, which means at at a minimum you should enter the regular season finale at Duke already having, you know, a share of an ACC regular season title, a chance to win an outright ACC title. But I got to thinking, as oh. a fan, I wanted this one pretty badly. Um, you know, I, I get up for every game, but today you, you could feel that – you could tell that it was two weeks left to go, and it was a big-time game. It was a good thing I was home alone. I don't think my uh, my roommates would have liked to hear – uh, some of the things that were being yelled at the television. The dogs didn't. They were barking most of the time. So And so I guess my question is, is how satisfying of a win is this? Like, in the regular season, I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say it's behind the two regular season wins over Duke, the one at Cameron, the one at home earlier this year. Like, postseason NCAA tournament wins – are always going to rank higher because they mean more. You're you're playing in an event that's going to determine a national champion. But in the regular season, outside of the two Duke wins, I mean the Tennessee win at home this year was pretty big, was pretty important. Um, You look back at the Michigan win his first year, his first real big game as Carolina's head coach that he won. This one's very high up on the list, and if you're you're not a believer in in Huber Davis – This is a guy that has done a lot of, you know, first and a lot of historic things as Carolina's head coach. And the latest thing he did was end the longest losing streak in program history. So, um, you know, I think this is, you know, as significant a regular season win as he's earned away from the two wins over Duke.
0: Yeah, I mean it's got to rank up there, man. If we're if we're doing his career wins, I mean regular season wise, it's 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 pretty high up there, um, because you, you just you, you you talk about an area where Carolina had just struggled so much, and I mean we're talking about some of the ugliest games that you've seen Carolina play in recent memory came in this building. And look, I mean Virginia has had some really good teams over the years um there's no doubt you you were listing off some of the guys that they had earlier on the offensive end that were what really made that team what they were early you know or towards the middle of the Tony Bennett era um at least in the time that he's been there so far but it's still it felt like there were opportunities for Carolina to win there and they just could never get it done. This was another one of those games. And look, you know, Virginia is is not playing well right now, but they're still a team that, as we said, could be, you know, I I still think they make the NCAA tournament. The thing that sucks is in this conference, the way this conference is viewed, and you've heard it be talked about by pretty much any of the bracketologists and any of the people around the sport – when you lose two straight, I mean, this is probably going to have this team being talked about on the bubble, which is sad, but this is a tournament team. And so Carolina still knew going in, this was going to be a tough game. And for you to win it, for you to you know, pretty much keep this team at arm's length for the majority of the way until they cut it to five late in that second half, I feel like you, you have to feel pretty good about this win. And, yeah, this is huge for Hubert Davis to be able – to snap that streak. The majority of these losses did not come with him as the head coach. And for him to be able to step in and find a way to solve Virginia and end it quickly in his tenure, I think that is huge uh, for Carolina. And it's one that hopefully now will allow Carolina to you know make things at least a little bit more even on the road against Virginia. Because I get it. Virginia, these last couple of years, have not been great for them. But you would imagine that at some point, a guy that – is as good of a coach as Tony Bennett is, he's going to eventually find solutions and they'll be one of the best teams in the ACC year in and year out. That means that you've got to be able to win on the road there. And I think this is a big first step to being able to do that a little bit more consistently in the coming years.
2: Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Four Corners podcast. Guys, before we let you go, do encourage you to visit the website HealToughblog.com, Get rewarded for doing so with the Autograph Fandom Reward app. Go back and check out the recap article um, that I have uh, already posted on the website, going a little bit more in-depth on some some of the specifics from today's win over Carolina, as Greg Newman points out in the chat. Um, It's a quick turnaround. Carolina back in action on Monday. So it's a quick turnaround for us. Uh, I'll be I'll be getting you ready for the Miami game with a preview on the website as well. Any news and notes that come out uh, from the Tar Heels uh, recruiting, uh, NFL draft combine stuff, all that will be posted on the website, heeltoughblog.com. Latest Carolina basketball, Tar Heel football coverage. Ask for the podcast, guys. You know where to find us. Every major podcasting platform. Simply search the Four Corners Podcast. We will pop up. We're there, we do encourage you guys to rate, review, and subscribe. Just a heads up, we'll be live again tomorrow on the Heel Tough Log Facebook page, um, getting you ready for the Miami game. We're going to go live with the quick turnaround to get you ready for that one. So make sure you hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show Thanks to everybody that joined us and commented with us. I want to thank Andy for hosting. I want to thank you for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels.
1: Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.